This is Captivated Minds. I'm Stan. I'm Jake. And this is one of our October movies that we're doing for, what would we say, October Movie Mayhem? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And we're doing Scream, Ooh, which is one. one of my favorites. It was definitely a good one watching this uh, rewatch. I probably watch this, I watch like all four of them at least once a month. I haven't seen it's this like, one. I haven't seen this one in a bit. They're actually like my go-to. Yeah. And I'll watch them in a row. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how you gotta do it. That it is because they're they're all good in their own rights. I mean, there's one of them I don't like as much as the others. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Um, I remember when this one came out though, it was a big freaking deal. Huge deal, like because the creepy factor in this was just was turned yeah. up. That's right. And it had to do with teens, like. It was also a horror movie making fun of horror movies, too. Right. Which is another big thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess we'll get into it. Yeah. Here's the opening scene. The opening scene uh, begins with a phone call. The first call becomes innocent, and then it becomes strange with the second call. We see this girl alone in what appears to be a big house. The phone call continues, continue, as the phone call, the people talk innocently but it comes kind of weird when they start talking about horror movies and it is clear that they both know about horror movies but at least to maintain a good conversation two minutes into the opening scene there's now the twist the person on the other line is watching this girl the music shifts a little and this girl uh, this guy tells her not to hang up the phone calls continue to get creepy and creepy as the calls keep coming in at the three minute and thirty five minute, uh, three minute and thirty five second mark, when the whole dynamic of this scene changes, the person on the other line tells her that it is a game, and she runs out of the house, runs out of the house, runs around the house, locking all the doors. The person on the other line is taunting her over and over. Now she is scared. She tells him that she has a boyfriend and he will kick her ass. He will kick this person's ass. Just af- just af- like before this, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not really seeing anyone. Yeah, she kind of lies. So it's, yeah. it's like now, you, now you're tricking this, this guy who's angry and just wants to kill you on the phone. That's right. Shouldn't be doing that. Now the person on the other line has the upper hand and it is clearly a game to them. We see her boyfriend tied up and beat in the backyard they begin to play a game that's about a movie trivia game. The conversation comes back to horror movies and trivia, and the scene comes back around. She got the wrong answer, and her boyfriend is killed. She's now too scared to answer the last question, but grabs a knife and moves through the house. For a brief moment, we think she is safe as, she, as this figure ru- rushes through the house trying to find her. We also see a car in the distance coming towards the residence. And this person finds her. Uh, this person finds her as the car makes it into the driveway. <coughs> uh, we can see. Uh, uh, yes, she. He cuts her vocal cords. She can't scream. Uh, she gets a. She basically kicks him in the nuts. We see her parents walk into the house, as the mask is pulled off and the killer makes the final kill blow. The parents look for the daughter as they can only hear her breathing on the phone. As they walk back outside to look for her, she's hanging up on a tree in the front. It's so iconic. 
it's like a slow motion scene. Yeah. She's it's running. It's so fast, though. It Right. And then he slowly takes a knife and, like, jabs it in her chest. Yeah. And then, like, cuts her throat and stabs her over and over again. It's, oh, it's it's so thrilling. It's good. It really It's is. definitely a thrilling moment. It's not quite a horror movie moment. It's a thrilling moment. No, it's a thriller moment. Here's our IMDb disclaimer. We take a lot of information from IMDb because it is our great uh, source of information for our movie mayhem episodes. So thank you, IMDb, for being our source. Here's our fun fact section. The party scene towards the end of the film runs for uh, 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set the time it rose after it wrapped the crew had t-shirts made said i survived scene 118 that is just the party scene that's crazy yeah it took a while wow i didn't even think i wow from beginning to end extras it went through different things you've got the car chase you've got all this other stuff going on so so technically that's most of the movie is is the end the end that's right wow yeah Around 42 minutes, when Henry Winkler opens his closet, his Fonzie jacket's in there. I didn't even realize it. Neither did oh. I. At around 12 minutes at the beginning of the movie, when Casey's uh, parents come home to find something is wrong, her father tells her, uh, go to the McKenzie's, which is the thing Lori, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, told Lindsay in Halloween. I didn't even realize that either. Yeah. So it's like small little nods, nods to... Yeah. Different things, which is kind of cool. The high school scenes were shot at Santa Rosa High School in California. However, very close to the shooting date, the school board read the script and denied the film to be shot there due to the violent nature. As they were under the impression the film was a comedy and production was moved to Hellsburg, California, as payback, director Wes Craven put at the end of the credits. Special thanks section, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa High School and the district governing board. I gotta look at it again. I gotta. Look I it never again. really look through the credits. Neither do I. So I. Uh, that's that's funny. Uh, during production, Ghostface's signature black robe was going to be white to make him appear even more like a ghost. This was changed in fear of comparing the costumes to the Ku Klux Klan. I kind of get is, that. Yeah, I, I like the black and I, white. I get reverse. it. Yeah. The other thing is like. I would think the white would get so dirty, dirty yeah. that it would take the fear away. Yeah. Having it all black except, except for the, the face, face is, is the creepiest. Scary. The user of caller ID <clears throat> increased more than three times after the release of this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like keeping pe- it's keeping people to use caller ID. That's funny. Jamie Kennedy was chosen for the full role of Randy because he would often improvise and to make uh, Wes Craven laugh. Drew Barrymore and Nev Campbell did not meet Roger Jackson, the actor who played the voice before shooting uh, commenced. Whenever they were talking on the phone to the killer, they were actually talking to him. In fact, none of the cast met him. So it was just a voice, a different voice the whole time. Okay, so I really thought it was a voice box. Yeah. I really thought that's what it was. But it's an actual guy doing the voice. That's right. That's amazing. That's right. So I wonder if he did the voice throughout like every film. I'm sure he did. That's cool. 
Matthew Lillard was cast as Stu by chance after accompanying his then-girlfriend to be an unrelated audition taking place and elsewhere in the same building. Casting director Lisa Beach saw Lillard in the hallway and asked him uh, if he wanted to audition for the part. Uh, he on- he got the part with uh, incredible veracity. Cool. Cool. Skeet Ulrich was cast as Billy Loomis partly because of his resemblance to Giant Depp. He does eerily have like yeah, this. Like a poor man's Johnny Depp. Yeah. I don't really like Like a it. real poor man's Johnny Depp. Yeah. The film was released in December, five days before Christmas. The studio did this because during the holiday season, family-friendly movies are usually released, and the studio wanted to give the horror audience something to see during this time period. I like it. I like that, too. I like it. It opted at number one with $6.4 million, which led the studio to believe the film had flopped. However, the film's good word of mouth led to the success at the box office, which we'll talk about in a little bit, too. <clears throat> uh, Courtney Cox approached the production to pursue the role. She was interested in playing the bitch character to offset her nice friend's image. Which I, I like. like. I like that she's not playing this good girl. She's kind of playing this, like, as she put it, the bitch. That's she, right. she is. She's like a real asshole. That's right. Like, the whole premise of the movie is this girl just lost her mom a year ago yeah and now all this is happening so she's poking and prodding again and it's like you kind of wish she gets killed but near the end you kind of end up falling like in love with her character after the bathroom attack there was a scene in the script where sydney bursts into the principal's office and reports the incident crying for help although the scene was not included in the final cut it explains why henry link henry Henry Winkler's character ultimately decided to suspend the lessons and dismiss the students. Originally titled Scary Movie, which I told you earlier, yep. was later used up for a parody of this movie that also makes fun of scary movies. Yeah, because this is a scary movie that yeah. is not making fun, but like it's a very it's a lot of nods to scary movies. But remember in the sequel, they call it Scary Movie. Or stab, stab, stab. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. stab. Yeah, the the movie about the movie it's called, about the movie. It's called stab. Is, ca- is called stab. Stab. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Weinstein uh, watched parts of this. Uh, the first scenes, uh, uh, he said that the mask was used was idiotic, and he asked the producers to film one scene with seven mi- different masks to let him choose. Producers didn't agree and threatened to shut down the production. They told him to wait until the first sequence. Uh, the Drew Barrymore sequence was complete and then he could decide after watching it he happily agreed to use the original mask good the producers originally had intended to use Roger Jackson's voice only as a placeholder dubbing it over it during post-production they decided that Jackson's contribution was kept Wes Craven described it as intelligent and evil voice that could become the voice of the franchise and it turned out to be so just imagine you getting a call and you hear that guy's voice. You'd have like little chills, wouldn't you? I'd have little chills, but then I'd be like, if you're, if you're the voice from Scream, can I have your autograph? <laughs> yeah. The, there was a five-page treatment for Scream 2 at the end of the Scream play written for this one. It was also written a full – it was a full-blown script after the movie became a box office hit. Really? Yep. 
Drew Barrymore shot all of her scenes in five days. No shit. That's not bad. That's not bad. The special effects artists used 50 gallons of blood. That seems about right. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of blood. Wes Craven had Wes Craven had seen Nev Campbell in Party of Five and asked her to audition for the part. He believed she could portray a character who was innocent, but could also realistically handle herself while dealing with physical and emotional conflict required by the role. I love like throughout the movies. I love watching how she evolves as a yes. person. Yes. Because she ends up going from this, like, scared little girl... To this grown woman. To this grown, badass woman. Towards the end towards of Towards the end of four. Yeah, yeah. Rose McGowan dyed her hair blonde for the role of Tatum in order to contrast her naturally brown hair from Na- <laughs> Nev Campbell. At the beginning of the film, Billy climbs through Sydney's win- uh, bedroom's window, uh, startling her, just like Glenn did to Nancy in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. The film was sent to the MPAA nine times for reconsideration as they were going to slap the NT-17 rating on it. With each time, the MPA made Wes Craven cut out more and more films gore. Uh, Bob Weinstein eventually had to step in, which secured the film's R rating. Wes Craven wanted to know what Bob Weinstein had said to the MPA to get the film its R rating. He told them to view the film as a comedy, not a horror film. They completely changed the thing. No shit. Yeah. No shit. Being a favorite screenwriter, uh, uh, Kevin Williamson and Molly Ringwald was offered the role of Sidney Prescott, but turned it down, saying she'd rather not be playing a high school student at the age of 37. Makes sense. Yeah, she's not. She's too old. I would, honestly, seeing Molly in like a horror movie anyways. Could have been her mom, though. Yeah, that would have been okay. Yeah. In the U.S., without adjusting for inflation, this film is the 20th highest-grossing horror film of all... uh, Yeah. Remains the highest-grossing slasher film, directly followed by Scream 2 and Scream 3. Wow. Yeah. The the Mask is based on a few things. The Scream work of art... And the cover of Pink Floyd's The Wall, uh, the ghostly characters appeared in 1937's Betty Boop cartoon as well. The mask is stark while stark white and depicts a creature caricature of someone screaming and crying at the same time. Yep. This The filming of this movie is Ro- Rose McGowan's favorite filming experiences in her career. No shit. Yeah. As revealed... Uh, on the directors in 2007 Wes Craven originally turned down this movie because it was too violent but reconsidered making one more gory movie for the hungry fans who told him the the best movie he had done at the time was The Hills of Eyes yeah and honestly like this also is up there yep all the killer's phone calls were really done by Peter Jackson uh, on set with the cell phone Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's still on set. Right. On the directors uh, in 2007, David Arquette revealed that uh, presumably uh, he yeah, presumably turned down the role of Billy in favor to playing Dewey. Yeah. I kind of – I like him as yeah, Dewey. Dewey. Wes Craven initially turned down the film. He was already busy developing the remake for The Haunting and was considering distancing himself from the horror genre. He signed on to direct after Barrymore agree- agreed to do the film. 
He was also confronted by a little uh, boy fan who was about 10. The boy accused Craven of going soft, and then he had more guts back in the day when he was making Last House on the Left. <laughs> hey, the kid's got Jesus. a point. He, yeah, he does. He does. I do like Last House on the Left, Last House on the left yeah, though. Yeah, I do. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's one of those movies yeah. where you need a shower afterwards. That's right. You don't watch that one with the family. And you drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you, yeah. yeah. Joaquin Phoenix turned down Billy. Wow. Different movie. Would have been. I kind of, I would have liked it. I would have liked it too. Joaquin is, he's a national treasure. That's right. The cheerleader in the washroom scene was played by one of Skeet Ulrich's girlfriends. How many girlfriends did he have at the time? I, I know. Like, really? That's, yeah. Freddie uh, Prince Jr. auditions for Stu. Uh, that's a different movie. That's a different movie, too. So you got Joaquin and Freddie Prince Jr.? That's a totally, that's a totally different, different movie. Uh, Rose McGowan still says she has her scary movie wine bottle and the wine's still in it. That's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Isn't she like a nut job now? Yeah. Like, she's yeah. totally out there, isn't she? she? She's gone. Yeah. Uh, Marco Beltrami decided to internationally disregard conventional horror score styles. He approached the film as a Western taking influence from Ancarnio uh, Marcone, like the old uh, spaghetti westerns. Nev Campbell was initially going to say no to the film. She is especially afraid of horror movies, but she's when she... When she was hearing her co-star Skeet Ulrich from The Craft, she was going to appear. She agreed. Huh. Yeah. So here's the cast. We have David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy. That, uh, that's the big ones. Oh, uh, Linda Blair, cameo. Yep. And then Wes Craven, cameo. Yep. So, other than, yeah, that's a big... Now, do you consider Drew Barrymore a cameo or, like, a one-off? She's she's only in the first five minutes. So, I don't consider her a cameo because, honestly, even though it's the first five minutes, her performance was fantastic. Yeah. So, a one-off? A one-off, yeah. yeah. The budget for this movie, $14 million. Opening weekend, six. So, that's where they're like, oh, my God, like, what did it we do? It didn't do good, yeah. yeah. But gross, one hundred and three. It made bang. Yeah, and that's when dollar, dollar, dollar bills. That's when yeah. they're like, uh, "Hey, guess what? Sequel time. Two is greenlit. Yeah, do it. Where was it filmed? Uh, Santa Rosa, California. Uh, Camelas, California. Yeah, various spots in California. I think on the back, uh, back lot. No, no back lots. Just various spots in California. A year it came out, nineteen ninety six. So here's some good ones for you. You got Escape from L.A. Fantastic. Which we haven't talked about in a long time. Yep. From Dusk Till Dawn. Fantastic. Fargo. Also fantastic. Bulletproof. Adam Sandler yep. and Marla, Damon Wayans. Yep. So, See, Bulletproof would like... I like Bulletproof. I think that's also one of those movies that people don't give it enough credit. It's good. It's really good. So you got Scream or Escape from L.A.? God. I had to do it. I'd have I had to, to do, do Escape it. from L.A. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go Scream. I'd have to do Escape from L.A. Scream from Dusk Till Dawn. I've seen Scream. From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, see, we're opposite on that. Yeah. Fargo or Scream? Scream. Fargo. Really? Yeah. 
Bulletproof or Scream? Scream. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, we we're different. We're yeah. different. But yeah, that's a yeah, good I'll, that's a good year though. It is. It's a fantastic year. Okay, so this one's gonna take us a little bit. The director's name is Wes Craven, and we're gonna go through all of his movies. Which is down here. <clears throat> you wanna start? Yeah, sure. Seventy two is Last House on the Left. Uh Fireworks Woman. Uh The Hills Have Eyes. Summer of Fear. Uh Deadly Blessing. Swamp Thing. Uh, Invitation to Hell, Hills of Eyes Part 2, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, like various endings. Uh, yeah, yeah, several yeah, different various happy endings. endings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chiller, The Magical World of Disney. Which TV it's, show? It's like mind blowing that you have all these like scary shit and then it's The Magical World of Disney. That's right. Uh, Deadly Friend. Uh, various episodes of the Twilight Zone in the 80s. And then Serpent in the Rainbow. Great movie. Great Shocker. Movie. Night Vision. People Under the Stairs. I like People Under I the like Stairs. I like People Under the Stairs, too. Uh, Nightmare Craft. Cafe. Cafe, sorry. Uh, New Nightmare. I love New Nightmare. I like New Nightmare, really, too. Because that was like him him coming back. That's right. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Scream. Scream 2. Music of the Heart. Scream three, cursed. Don't get me started on cursed. Just red eye. I like, I do like. I red, like red eye. I like red eye too. The movie, not getting red eye. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta clarify. Yeah. Paris. <clears throat> Paris legit. Uh, my soul to take. And scream four scream was four. It, was his last movie. Scream four and the legend passed away. Yeah, in two thousand fifteen. When was the first time you saw this? So this is the one I've talked about. I saw this. I was not supposed to watch this. You know, my dad rented it, brought it home, and I kept sneaking in and watching it. Like, he sent all of us out. Yeah. We're not supposed to watch it. But because I was so little at the time, I sat right on the floor, like, front and center, and watched this. And I bet this explains a lot. And I had, <laughs> this is the only horror movie that's ever given me nightmares. Really? And I had nightmares for a year because of this. For really? a year. Wow. All I kept seeing was that face. The ghost face? The ghost face. It scared the living shit out of me. But now, it's my favorite. Yeah. It really is. I also remember seeing bits and pieces of it when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it until watching it like years later. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Here are awesome scenes, our top ten scenes. <clears throat> Billy sneaks into Sydney's room as she screams slightly, but her dad goes to open the door and... and find her alone in the room her dad tells her that he will be away for a few days billy is talking about horror movies and he mentions the exorcist billy tells her that the relationship has been shifting for an edited for tv sort of thing they have a back and forth while they are discussing their relationship while this plays we can hear in the background an acoustic version of don't fear the reaper yep I do like which, that song. Which it's honestly the acoustic. Ironic, ironic too. Think about it. Yeah, but the acoustic thing, like, it's really good. It's like, really it's good. Like, it's really, it's very well placed. Very subtle. Yes. Very subtle for the end, too. Uh -huh. Think about it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, scene number nine, Sydney is talking with one of her girlfriends as her girlfriends just kind of tell her what happened in the opening scene from what the friend tells her. They're going from student to student to try to figure out who did it. Sydney is called into the principal's office. 
and she talks with police. We cut to the group of friends talking as if the killer could be female. Uh, they talk about the killer being female, but they eventually come to it that the killer could be male. These teens accuse one another of performing the murders, but they really don't have any idea who killed the teens in the opening scene. We can see Sydney is not having the uh, having this conversation and leaves to go home. Sydney goes home and flips through the news, and we can see the news about her mother being murdered and raped a year ago. All right, so I know. I, I don't want to wait for our, our questions thing because my biggest problem with this, it's it's almost the year anniversary of her mom's murder. Yeah. And the dad takes off. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like, wouldn't you want to be I home? Even, with, I didn't even think about like, that. Like, wouldn't I, you want to be home with your daughter? Yeah. Like, it's, maybe, com- it's maybe, coming up on your wife's. Maybe he didn't think about it. Maybe he didn't. Which... I don't know. It, to me, it's like your wife was murdered a year ago. It should be on your mind. I didn't even put that in our questions. So, like, that's the only thing that ever bothered me was, like... Maybe they didn't have a good relationship? I mean, you do find out later that the mom was cheating on the dad. But yeah. whether he knew it, yeah, who knows? But it, it's it's still, like, messed up. That's right. Like, wouldn't you want to be there for your kid? That's right. Like, in this troubled times? She's turning on... The news because it was the most gruesome like rape murder of the time in that town yeah. before this this, ha- this event it's yeah. all over the news that's all your daughter's seeing and yet oh i'm gonna go off i'll go business maybe that's his way of forgetting about it yeah but i don't know it's it's a little weird to me it's like it's your daughter like why don't you just be there for her? yeah scene number eight sydney wakes up from a phone call and it is her friend uh the first time, the second time, it's clearly the voice of the killer we heard in the opening scene. The killer asks her about her favorite killer, uh, scary movie. We can see the scene slowly playing out like the opening scene. Sydney is told that there are there's a front porch, front porch, and so she opens the door and does not see anyone. The scene slowly builds, and the and with the music, it becomes more of a thriller esque. The the killer tells her that if she hangs up she will die and this killer jumps out of her closet sydney fights off the killer but manages to run up the stairs and hides out the bedroom she used her laptop to call 911 really cool by the way billy appears at the window and tries to calm her down uh, but a cell phone drops from billy the cops drag off billy thinking that he is the killer the, the cops find the mask at the scene of the crime the news reporter arrives at the scene too late. The cops lay into Billy and ask him about his cell phone usage. Sydney leaves the cop, and Sydney punches Gail, the news reporter, in the face. See, I, I agree with you. the The whole like using your computer, that's that's because computers used the phone line mm-hmm. back back in the day when that's we right. had dial up. I we mem- didn't have this cable stuff. I I remember dial up. Right, mm-hmm. so. Anytime a phone call was made, you lost the internet. Yeah, you lost like you lost it. Or even if, if it was a one eight hundred number, right? So pissed me off. Or if it was one of those like, or sometimes if you were using the internet, you couldn't use the phone. Yeah, like your phone was. Yeah. Hey, like you got to turn that off because it's, we're dying. <laughs> That's right. Uh, scene number seven. Seven. Sydney is called by the killer again at her friend's house. No matter where Sydney goes. She's kind of stalked by the killer. Sydney is at her friend's house, and the news of the mother's 
killer is blasted on TV, Sidney is told that Billy did not make the calls because his cell phone records were cleared. Sidney approaches Gail, and they talk about her mother being murdered, and they go over the details. Gail goes over the details of both cases, and she thinks they are connected. Sidney goes to school and runs into Billy. Billy is trying to do a deep dive into their relationship, while Sidney is still trying to figure out who the killer is. Billy is walking on eggshells when he is, is speaking to her. Sydney is trying to steal, still deal with her mother's death as well as being chased. So we can clearly see they're on two different wa- wavelengths. Sydney is still at school and goes to the girl's bathroom where she hears someone call her name. She hears her name called twice so she checks underneath the stalls. She doesn't see anyone at first. We see boots come down from the stall as a cloaked, uh, as the killer come, goes after her. Wait, it's just so creepy. It is very creepy. Be- because you think she's alone and she's like having this moment and stuff and then it just turns sideways. It goes south fast. Scene number six, Gail meets Dewey and she begins to flirt with him a little bit. It is clear that there's some chemistry between them. Gail tried to bait Dewey a little bit for information, but it isn't working. They're still back at the school when the intercom goes over that all of the kids can go home. Gail is trying to get Dewey to give out information, and the only information he's giving out is that she's pretty. And this is when... I like uh, a funny scene. This is when um, David and Courtney started dating. That's right. Was through these, and then I think by the second movie is when they were married. By the fourth, they were divorced. Yeah, by the fourth, they were divorced. Yeah, which is which is kind of funny. Yeah. Scene number five: Sydney sits with her friend, and her friend has some good points about her mother having an affair. We can see the killer in the bushes quickly as they run away. One of the film buffs talks about the other friends. The nerdy film guy Randy goes does make a good point though about the reasons behind the killer, and all these two talk back and forth. We can also see that Randy has extensive knowledge of horror movies, and this has the audience thinking that he could be the killer as well. Mm-hmm. Randy starts losing his shit over the horror movie formula, but he isn't wrong. Billy confronts Randy, and they talk about movies. No, because that's the whole thing. The whole thing is playing out like a normal horror movie, and that's what Randy is seeing. Yeah. And he's like, anyone could be the killer in this case. And he's going on and on and on. And seeing Stu and Billy, like, kind of, like, team up on him is also freaking him out. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what to do. Scene number four, Sydney and her friend go to the party as Dewey drops them off, which I don't get that. No. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. We also see Gail pull up to the party and her cameraman sneak off to the side of the house and they wait patiently. Gail is scared uh, by Dewey by accident. Gail and Dewey go back to the party as they check out. She has a camera on her and a microphone, too. Dewey, bring Ga- Dewey brings Gail to the party, and the theme of the, the overall party changes a little bit. Gail sets a hidden camera inside the party. Sydney's best friend goes out for another beer for her boyfriend. The door shuts behind her. A cat screams. She freaks out a little. She's now locked in the garage. She uses the garage opener to try to get out, but the killer's right behind her. She makes fun of the killer, and it's kind of a fun back and forth. She tries to go for the cat door, but the killer kills her using the garage door. I like, it. I like how they pick on it. Scary movie. Yeah. 
which is fucking hilarious. But even even this, it's like, okay, I get it. You're yeah. trying to escape a killer. But obviously, you're looking at this cat door. You you're should, not going to fit. You should know that you're not going to fit. Your fat ass is not going to fit. Like, and she's just like, oh, I'm going to do it. I got an arm and in, in my head out. But but the, but the only thing is, I don't think the door would have enough power. No, I don't think so There's either. There's no way. There's no goddamn way. No. no. Scene number three, Billy f- appears from around the court suddenly as Billy and Sydney go to the bedroom to talk. Gail's cameraman is recording from inside the party. Sydney and Billy go to the bedroom and Billy apologizes to her. He tries to make it right as she is opening up about the events around her mother's death. Billy and Sydney begin to go at it. She makes a movie joke. <laughs> That's all it is, is a bunch of jokes. Let's make this a porno. <laughs> scene number two, we cut back to the party. We see Randy talking about horror movie. Randy pauses the movie and explains the horror movie rules, which I like this scene. I love it. He states that no one can ever have sex, no one can drink or do drugs, and the third rule is never say, I'll be right back. We cut to the camera guy and Gail waiting, watching Randy go over the horror movie rules. Dude begins to flirt with Gail as they investigate a car nearby. The party begins uh, to end as the teens all leave the house, but suddenly Billy adds, uh, yeah, Billy adds things and they get kind of hot and heavy we hear a phone go off as randy picks up the phone randy is told that the principal was killed and now the whole place clears out except for a select few dewey and gail continue to walk through the woods as they flirt with one another and their chemistry is good gail and dewey knock uh, get knocked off the road and they kiss they find the car the car belongs to sydney's father scene number one Sydney asks Billy, who did he call in prison? Billy lies and tells her that he called her his dad. Sydney corrects him and tells him that the sheriff called his dad. Sydney clearly knows something is off with Billy right, as she, right after she has sex with him. Billy tells her that when he called, his dad didn't get the answer. Sydney and Billy argue back and forth as the killer comes up behind Billy. The killer is now going after Sydney. Sydney is now rushing through the attic trying to find a way to get out. She she gets out the window and the killer grips her and pushes her out. She falls and lands on something soft. She uh, comes across her friend's body still hanging from the garage door. We cut back to Randy watching a movie and he is talking to the movie while the killer is behind him and the irony in this scene is scary yet funny all at it's once. It's so funny. Because he don't is... Look behind you. Look, look behind, behind you. you. And the killer's behind him. And then you're looking at it. You're also going, well, no, look behind you. you. Yeah. Out of all those scenes, which one is your favorite? I have I have to say it's, it's when she's questioning Billy. And all of a sudden the killer comes out of nowhere and, like, stabs him. Yes. Right? I like that Because part. at that point... Right we think there. it's Billy. You think it's Billy. Well, but we don't know. And then you see Billy, quote unquote, die. That's right. Right? Get stabbed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, then who the hell is it? That's right. And now it's like, well, they did find the dad's car, so is it the dad? But yeah. why would the dad be going after his daughter? That's so, right. like, right from there, you're all confused. 
I do like when Randy goes through the the horror movie rules. The, that's amazing. I like that because it's true. It is it's true. It's very true, and it, it's right on the nose. Because if you look at this movie, it some things are changed a little bit, but, but some things aren't, aren't either. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some questions we had while watching it. How does the dad not hear Billy come in? I know. That's right. a little. Now, the female could be a killer if she was strong enough. Why doesn't anyone think, take that this could be in consideration? You take like an MMA fighter that's female or some girl that's 6'2", 220. Right. A jacked you, female? A jacked female, maybe. Yeah. I think they're going. I think they're going with like, they look around the town. Yeah. And they see that there's like, they pretty much took a dead body, and hoisted it through a tree. Yeah. No, so, I know. I I get it, but, but I'm just trying to you're play. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many of these houses are so isolated in the middle of nowhere? First seems, we have the first house, like and then a, we have Sydney's house. Like too. I don't understand it because it are they miles apart? It seems like they're in a, like a pretty decent town and then all of a sudden it's like suburban area sub- like they're so suburban like farmland that's right each house is separated by acres does sydney have ptsd yeah yeah i say so too mm-hmm. was billy at the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place, place at the right time. yeah how could billy go from one part of the house to the opposite part of the house so fast because at this point we just don't know that's right yeah how many times has both Gail and Sydney gone through these details of her mother's murder? Several times. I would because say so. Because what, what it is is she was also poking and prodding her for her book. She was writing a book about this whole thing. And every time she like grilled her about every detail yeah. and how you got it wrong and yes. all this stuff. Now, if Billy was in jail... Could the one phone call have gone through a computer to alter his voice since his father was already present when the cops were questioning him? See, I don't think so. Be- because if if you're allowed to use a call and you're surrounded by cops, they're going to allow you to use a actual phone. That's right. They're not going to allow you near anything else. No, no, no. If he's calling his computer to alter his voice is what I'm saying. He's calling his computer at home. And having the computer alter his uh, voice. Maybe. That's what uh, but, I was... But to me, I don't think Billy's that smart smart to yeah, do no, no, that no. stuff. No. Uh, how is that women's bathroom so clean? That's a clean bathroom. It's wicked. It's too clean. That's right. How bitchy are those girls in the bathroom, too? Are they overly bitchy? They're, I think it's too far. Yeah, I think so, like, too. Yeah. Again, they're trying to make teenagers just these... Like outrageous, over the top. I, I don't like it. Who is able to change into the the scream outfit in the ladies' room without being seen? I know you don't see a guy going into the ladies' yeah. room and then changing into the outfit. Yeah, you're not gonna you're gonna see a guy go in the ladies' room and then you're gonna get kicked right. out. Gail is clearly overly flirty. Why not just be normally flirty and try to get the information? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Is there a motive to really kill? I don't know if there is. I. It's almost like it's a pleasure thing. I. I'd say so. You too. know what I mean? Yeah. It's. It's like the rush. It's not even a motive. It's no. just. Hey, I think you need to die, so I'm killing you. That's right. 
How much product placement is in this movie? so much. Doritos, Dunkin's. I saw a lot. And they're all placed right in front where you can, like, all their packages are rightly turned so you can see what each one of them are. I wonder if they gave them a cut of the movie. Hey, you want to show some of this stuff? We'll give you a little extra money. Right. Can a cell phone really be cloned at this time? I think, honestly, it. I think it was easier at yeah. that time to clone a cell, cell phone. phone. Yeah. Because, honestly, cell phones back then didn't do much. No. Just call. I yeah. don't even think text. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Is Sydney's PTSD amplified by Billy? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like he provokes it. Like he, he brings it out of yeah, her. Yeah, he brings it yeah, out. Her, yeah. And that's why she's so uncomfortable. That's right. If it's on basic cable with commercials, is it worth a watch? I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't watch it either. I agree with you 100%. Yep. I would not watch it on ba- basic cable. This movie needs to be watched entirely as a movie. Or not in a theater. In a theater, right. Yeah. Not on cable. On cable. No, right. I don't think it's, so. It's just it's too much of a good movie to waste on cable. What streaming service would you think it would be on? Uh, HBO, HBO, Netflix, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, I haven't seen it on any of them. Um, Not yet, anyway. Netflix had them Maybe for, for, a, for minute, a, minute. a minute. I haven't had Netflix in a while. But Shutter would be another one. Yeah. Like Shutter is like the hub of horror movies, and they, honestly, they need. To, but they don't have what happens with they Shutter. Don't, they, they don't have, they have the mainstream right, because they're they owned have, by different companies. Right, which sucks. They, so have, they have all indi- these like B-rated indi- independent. Yeah. Favorite part. Oh my God! I have just to. One. I just have to one. say the story. Just the story. You I told do, me just to pick one. I did. I okay. I like. I like the kills. Kills are fantastic, and how intricate they are. So, but I just love how everything ties together at the end. That's right. Like everything meets at the end, and it's just this mind-opening. I could consider the opening scene my favorite part too. Oh yeah, because it, if you watch it, it. You can watch that scene and be hooked into the movie. Yes, 100%. Without having to watch the rest of it. You could just watch that one scene again, and it's like a, like a master cat class in thrillers. Like yep. You see it go up and down and up and down, and then, oh my God, you're in it now. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you with that. Something you didn't like. Uh, there's nothing. Okay, so listen to this one real quick. The principal scene, I think, could have been cut out when the principal dies. You cut that out. You shorten that up. You cut to Gail interviewing the Wes Craven character, explaining what he had saw in the principal's office. Okay. So you still get yeah. West. So you still get Wes Craven. I think the principal's death was kind of unneeded. You don't yeah. need it. You, you, you could have yeah. cut it out. You could have cut it out and then still had something else happen to get the other kids out. That's of the house. right. That's yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Would you pay forty dollars to watch? Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you. Hundred yeah. percent. I would. Yeah, I would. I, I, I'm just in love with this movie. I I would so, pay forty dollars too. I we, would. We often don't agree on that one. Uh, what's your ideal way of watching it? I would have loved to see it in theaters, but honestly, in like, theaters would have been nice. Like with the lights off on the couch. Good surround sound though. Oh yeah. 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 With my soundbar cranked. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Great. Oh shit! Moments. The opening scene. Yeah. The. It's the great. greatest. The news reporter getting clocked, Gail. Which I thought I, I honestly was hoping. Yeah. Because like 
She's a bitch. What? L- listen, you've put this girl through enough. Like, get out of her face. That's right. Wes Craven dressed as Freddy, cleaning the school. Yes. Come on. I think we needed more of that. And he even, like, Henry even goes, hey, sorry, Fred. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Randy talking in the video store about the formula of horror movies. Uh The cameraman watching Randy yelling behind him. Which is funny because, like. It's an ironic scene. So, Randy's yelling at the the TV. TV. And then the cameraman's yelling at his monitor, yelling at the And we're yelling (laughs) at. So, there's, like, three or four of them. The reveal who killed the mother at the end. We're not gonna. We're not gonna give it just yet. But the reveal. It's so good. Good. Two serial killers. Yep. Again, perfect. Best performance in your opinion. Naomi Campbell. You mean Nev? Nev Campbell. Sorry, I didn't uh, know Naomi Campbell was in this. Campbell is fantastic. I can argue Drew Barrymore. Well, yeah. I mean, I could too. The only reason because she's only in that first scene. Though she's only in that for five minutes. Yes. That's the only reason why I'm giving it to Campbell. Yes. But Drew was fantastic. She was great. She was. So I could even say she's second best. She could be second best, but I do like. I like Stu. I like, I like, uh, I like Stu too. I don't like Billy. I don't like Skeet Ulrich. I really don't like Skeet Ulrich. But, but I do like, uh, Jamie Kennedy though. Yes. Yes, I do. How or, he portrays or Courtney Cox? Could you say yeah. Courtney Cox be too? So I would not. I don't think she's as good in this as she is in the second one. Yes. Okay. I'll agree so with you, you know on what that I mean? one. Yes. So like, I wouldn't put her as second best. Arquette. Arquette, I would. Arquette's still good. Yeah. Arquette's, you know, knocking it out like, of the park. I'm, He's not overacting no. at all. He may be under. He may be underacting. I could yeah. tell he's underacting a little bit. Almost like he's purposely underacting to give other people Their shine, the opportunity. Which I get that. Yeah. 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 So, so Nev and Arquette. Yeah. 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 Okay. The ending. The cameraman is killed by the killer as Sydney is stabbed. She is closed. She closed the door in the camera van. And makes her run for it. Dewey and Gale run to to the scene as Dewey rushes inside. Gale goes back into the van. Dewey goes from room to room trying to find the killer. Gale goes to the van, but she does not see the ki- uh, see her cameraman. She steps in blood, but sees no body. Gale hits Randy by accident with the van. As the cameraman is on the windshield, just blood pouring right out of him onto the windshield. Gale can't see. The veil goes tumbling into the woods. Sydney gets to the house, but Dewey is stabbed. Sydney is now is now in the police car, but the police the killer has the keys, and the killer gets into the car from back, which is like oh, it's like seeing the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Well, the other thing is the the whole like, oh, this door's unlocked, so she has to like jump to hit that one. Now that door's unlocked, and the whole time you're like. Where is it going to come from? And, and then you, you see, see the, the trunk back. slowly oh. opening. Randy comes to Sydney, but Sydney isn't sure who to believe. Oh, there's two guys uh, that come to Sydney, but uh, Stu and Randy. 
She locks both of her friends outside, not sure who the killer is. She gets into the house and finds out Billy isn't dead, but just bleeding a lot like a stunt pig. Billy shoots Randy right in front of Sydney. Billy was faking being cut the whole time. There were actually two killers all along. Stu and Billy were both the killer. These two guys set up Cotton, the guy who killed Sydney's mother. Billy explains that were, there were no motives at all. Billy's mother left because Sydney's mother was having an affair. Billy and Stu pull out uh, Sydney's father from the closet. These two guys set up her father to take the heat. These two killers both stab each other. Stab. <laughs> Gail comes out of nowhere and grabs the gun and holds it. Uh, gun on both of them, but Bail get Gail. But Gail gets knocked out by Billy. Stu turns around, and now Sydney is gone with her father as well. So the tables have turned. The phone goes off, and it's Sydney turning, talking to these two killers in the killer voice. Sydney is now taunting these two killers, and Billy is losing his shit. He's having a tantrum, I would say. Oh yeah, full oh, on yeah. tantrum. Full, full on tantrum. Tantrum, like yeah. a child. That's right. That's what I thought too. Sydney puts on the suit and leaps from the closet and stabs Billy with the umbrella. Sydney beats Stu and winds up tossing a TV on his face, killing him. Randy leaps up and scares Sydney one last time. Billy goes to kill Sydney, but Gail gets up with the gun. This time shoots Billy and safety is off. Billy leaps back up, but Sydney manages to get the kill shot in. Ah, oh. Oh. oh, it's so good. It's so good. So the, this is what I don't get. They say there's no motive, but there is a motive. There is a motive. The, he just chooses not to accept that motive. Right, because the motive is that his father left. was cheating on his mother. So his father left. And that was the thing. He was cheating on his wife with Sydney's mom. That's right. So what needed to happen? He needed to get he back at Sydney. He needed to get back at Sydney by killing and raping his mom. Well, her mom. Yes. And then... And then it turned into this whole thing. And you end up finding out in the other movies... So, if you look at it, too, a majority of the kills were women. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, Rose McGowan, the the consistent attempts on Sydney. Yep. Um, yeah, that's it. The majority of them... Uh, yeah. Henry Winkler was killed. <clears throat> the boyfriend at the beginning was killed. Yes. So only two guys. Two guys, three women. Yeah. So like five. That. Five. And then if you include Sydney's mom in there, because they did kill Sydney's mom. But that's a, that, but that's previous. That's shown yeah. before. Yes. Yeah. So five women, three guys. Yeah. So it's they've killed more women than men yeah. at this point. And it's also probably you know I think he didn't he mention like sexual frustration and yes. Stuff so that's too. another secondary so, motive. So, so there, there's two there different are motives. Yes. He just doesn't want to admit that there, there are. are. Yes. Which I there there's motives for him to kill, but I don't think there's motives to who he kills. No, but that also doesn't give Stu motives either. It just right. gives Billy motives. It just gives Billy motives. Stu is just there just to kill people. That's right. Like, he's just psychotic anyway. That's, That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. Reboots or remakes? So. They're doing number five. What's your take I, on number five? I would not want them to reboot this series. 
They did it as a TV show. And it sucked. I didn't see it. I, I skipped wa- it. I, watched I will a, not watch it. So I watched it good because I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. And no. You watched more than I have. Because it was like a straight to MTV. Yeah. No, don't like, do that. No. No. So I don't well, think. You know why they did that, right? Because Teen Wolf was popular. Yeah. They rebooted Teen Wolf, which don't even fucking touch Teen Wolf. No. But they rebooted Teen Wolf, and they're like, okay, this is popular. Let's take let's, another thing from take... 20 years ago and reboot yeah, it. No. No. So remakes and reboots, no. Sequels, I'm okay with the sequels. Except for three. I, I'm okay. I'm not. I like, I like it's not the my movie. Favorite. It's not it's my, my favorite. favorite. One and two is fantastic. I don't like the ending of three. That's what bugs me the most. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I like I like three up to a point, and yeah. once you get to the end, you're like, really? Yeah. Really? But four isn't bad. Four is really good. And I honestly love that that was his last film. I do like... See, that's the thing. I'll, I will give him credit because he was making movies from 72 till 2015. Yeah. And... Killed it. Killed it. Now, I'm very reluctant with number five. I know. I'm so very, when, very reluctant. I'm hoping that with some of the original cast, that maybe if they put their input of what... Hey, this is what Wes Craven's would have wanted. would have wanted. I'm thinking maybe if they if they gave them some sort of creative cr- executive yes cr- something or something. I don't. I'm hoping because Campbell said she wasn't going to do it without Wes Craven, but then she changed her mind. Buku bucks though. She changed her mind. And she, Forty million dollars. Yeah, fifty million dollars. So what? At what price do you think she had to say yes? Thirty. I forty. I don't know. Fifty. Because honestly, the way she talks about Wes Craven is almost like he's a father figure. Which makes sense. They worked together for almost ten years. So here's the thing. I don't know if she took a lot of money. I I'm wondering if they did give her some sort of like if they gave calls her, on it. If they gave her executive producer. Or forty million. Which one do you think? I think was, she would take executive producer. I think she would take an executive producer because too. I think she she just it was probably one of these things like, hey, I'll do five. I want say in it, and I want this to be the last. Yeah, done. I need. I would need to see a trailer before I can. Yes. See it. If yeah. if they don't put out a trailer, fine. I'll go into a blind. That's yeah. one thing. But I I will want to see a trailer of it. Yes. I'd want to see a trailer, and I want them to do it right. I want this to be an homage. Last one. Last no, one. No, no more. No more. Call, just call it. Call done. it. Like, I thought the third one was going to be done. I really did. Because even in the movie, even in the second movie, the second movie picked on sequels, right? But in a way that was good, though. Which was good, because it made the sequel really good. And but I it, thought the sequel was gorier than this yes, one. Yes. And I and, like it. And then it was like they picked on trilogies. They ended up saying tr- – in the second one, they said trilogies tend to be great. And then all of a sudden three comes out. And you're like, see, it was kind of like yeah. already knowing they were doing three. Yeah. And then I thought they were going to stop. And then the fourth one came out and it was – Good. So good. But you know how the fourth one is they talk about it in this one. Yeah. They set it up. They set it up. First one. So by the time you get to four, you haven't even thought about it until you go back and rewatch one again. So three was supposed to be totally different. You're telling me about this. I didn't know anything about this. 
the guy who plays Stu was actually Matthew Lillard. He was actually contacted and said, "Hey, we're gonna do Scream Three. We want you back." Now the whole the whole premise of the thing was he did not die. He, he just actually got he just got knocked out. Yeah, and he was bleeding. He ended up getting bandaged up, like he survived, and they sent him to a mental institution. Where in that mental institution, he was being contacted by students who were fans of him through the mail. And they corresponded back and forth, blah, blah, blah. He ends up escaping this mental institution, training these kids to do this whole big murder spree throughout um, the school. They were greenlit for this idea. They were going to start filming, and then Columbine happened. And because that happened, they had to scrap everything because they didn't want this whole school they probably, killing. I, I think you said that they already had a date. Had, really, right. So they had a date set in and everything. So that's why they had to rush the, the script. third movie they had to rush it. seems a little off, and it's not everybody's favorite. The no. third one is not everybody's favorite. I, like we said, still enjoyed it, but the ending kind of was just a little soft. And... But that's why the movie, the way it was, because they're like, shit, now we have to rewrite the script quickly, hire new people, and set it up differently. Yeah. I honestly would have loved seeing Stu come back. Me and, too. And seeing, like, how it would have turned out. But I understand why, why they had to. Which makes sense. You right. don't want to do no. that at that time. It would have been bad taste. Wicked bad taste. And they, no one would have seen it no. anyway. I don't think anyone would have. I would have. I would have too, but, but it still would have been a bad taste You know taste what I mean? It would time. have been bad taste. It's... I get it. But I'm excited. Yeah. To maybe... I will definitely see the next one. Yeah. Will I like it? I don't know. But... We'll still see I'll it. I'll still see it. Watch Bypass. Oh, watch and buy. Watch and buy, obviously. Like, Don't pass. Honestly, own all of them. Yeah. If, if you could, just own all of them. Because yeah, you'll, I do. you'll enjoy them. Yeah. Like, I do. And like I said, I watch these at least once a month. See, I don't do it that often. Yeah. I, it's just my go-to yeah, like, horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah. It, it's almost like The Conjuring. I watch The Conjuring once a month. All of them. Yeah. Um. It's just one of those where it's like I enjoy the movie. I know what's going on. I still go. I'm surprised you don't have all the lines recited. It's getting close. Like it really is. But it's still you still get that oh shit factor. Like when something happens, you're still like oh damn it. Like, yeah. I forgot about. Oh no. That's right. So or you pick up on all the little details that yeah. you haven't seen. You've seen them, but then you're seeing them in a new light. A, over and over again. again. You that's keep, right. You keep doing it, and it's. It's fantastic. And then, of course, you know, in these screen movies, when they're talking about other movies. That's nice, too. I like that. You're also noticing the little homages to those movies throughout. That's right. Which is kind of nice. So it's like they're talking about the movie and then giving a little nod to the to movie. To the movie, yeah. So that's all I've got for Scream. Yeah, so if you like what you hear, please follow us on Facebook, Captivated Minds. Instagram's at Minds Captivated. Email us at CaptivatedMinds2 at gmail.com. Everything is listed in the show notes. If you also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. And if you also listen to us on Spotify, turn on your notifications so you get up to date on our newest episodes. Yeah, so thank you all for listening. Thank you.